Welcome, welcome, welcome to Argue, Determine to Grow. This is your host, Prophetess Denise Kelly. We're getting ready to get it started here in just a few minutes. Man, this is this is an awesome day. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. Amen, amen, and amen. We are coming with another great lesson. Whoo, I tell you what, God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Wow. This is an amazing day. Today is an amazing day. God is amazing. He's amazing. He is amazing. Oh my God. He's amazing. He is amazing. Oh Lord. Ooh Don't y'all feel it? Don't y'all feel it? Okay. Today is one of those days, you know, a day like yeah. this, when you just woke up this morning and he started you on your way. Today is a new day. It's a new day. It is a new day. I better get my back up to going. Because it's looking like we're going to talk about some good stuff. And the enemy don't like that for some reason. I don't understand. I'm telling you. I don't really get it. I'm going good. But guess what? He can't stop nothing. He cannot stop anything. Okay, now what is happening with bruh? You can't get on for some reason. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's got a new setup now. I don't know what you did, but I had to just mash my name. Then it asked me again, you want to join? I'm like, huh? <laughs> so, okay. look, you want to run in there and redone some things. <laughs> uh, no, not that I know of. Not that I know of. Okay, Maybe they upgraded it so, since the last time we had so many issues. Maybe that's yeah. it. Okay, hold on. Okay, that's what I needed right there. He was up there. Yeah, he he'll probably pop back in in just a moment. Let me get this going. Oops. It's a new day. Oh, God is good. I've been so good. He is truly amazing. Truly amazing. He's just working it out, I'll tell you. <laughs> truly amazing. Okay, we're going to try this again. Hopefully, Brother Vanor will come back. Let me turn this stuff down. Okay. All right. It is seven o'clock. We're going to go ahead and get started. Hopefully, Brother Vanoa will pop back in here. Um, somebody text him. Uh, but we're going to start out with prayer. We're going to get Shanetta to pray us in. And then we'll go straight into praise and worship. Dear my Father, I want to thank you for blessing us to come together again. Lord, I pray that you speak through, sing through every individual in this group as we continue to praise you and uplift your name daily. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you and I pray that you bless us to be a blessing to others. Lord, also, I pray that you go before us in any situation that I know you already will. And Lord, I pray that you continue to renew our mind, our heart, our spirit all times. God, and I pray that you always let the Holy Spirit speak through us when we don't know what to say. Thank you. In your son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen. Yeah, I'm not I'm doing really a little sure. bit. I'm getting better and better. <laughs> hey, it practice, uh, practice makes perfect, amen. Um, We're going to turn over to praise and worship, and hopefully Brother Vanoa make it back in. 
Yes, good afternoon. Um, I'm play one of these oldie but goodies. I don't know how old it is, but anyway, we're talking about Jesus promises. Jesus promised he'll take care of us. That's what we trust and have faith in. Let me play that. Hi, I'm Nicole. Except for that. Sorry, there's a little advertisement every time. I know this time. is hard to hear, but it's important. <laughs> Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Oh, how wonderful it is. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Oh, how marvelous it is. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Oh, how wonderful it is. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Oh, how marvelous it is. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. I don't have to worry about the things ahead. I don't have to worry. Oh. Sorry, you know it's three parts. I'm going in the morning. I'm going in the middle of the night. You will not call and you'll make everything all right. Jesus 
promised he'll take care of me. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Hey, there you go. Amen. Hey. Glory. Hey. We're going to bring it together. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because he did promise that he yes. will take care of me. Amen. <laughs> And when Amen. he says, all I got to do is live right. And yes. That's right. Or have the, the tenors. How do y'all do? How all I got to do is live right. Jesus promised he'll take care what of me. What did the tenors say, Denise? Oh. <laughs> the tenors. Oh, I don't remember. I, I, I thought it was all I had to do is live right. I don't have to worry. That's right. About, about the I'm good. Good. That's right. <laughs> Awesome, 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 awesome. I thank God for praise and worship because that is awesome. God is amazing. He is loving and caring. And God, oh my God, I just really can't explain how extremely important today is. Now, we are coming from 1 Samuel, the 21st chapter. I put it in the chat just in case. Uh, we got 15 verses. So it's just a few verses apiece, about five verses each. First Samuel 21, verses 1 through 15. And then once we get done with the scriptures, I will tell you what the lesson, the title of the lesson is. Today is an amazing day. So we're going to go ahead and uh, either Shanana can start or Caleb, either one. And then uh, whoever start the next one, follow behind them. We're going to leave the Montgomery's for last. And then Brother Vanoy, if he can drop, if he can read, if he can't, let me know so I can split the verses up a little bit differently. Uh, but we're going to let Shanana start. Uh, Caleb, you going to start with that? And then Shanana behind them. Go ahead. How many verses do I read? Five. All right, tell me if this is the right one, though. Oh, hold on. Not five, three. Tell me if this is the right one. David went to uh, Nob, Evelite, the priest Evelite, trembled when he met him and asked, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Evelite, the priest. The king sent me on a mission and said to me, no one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand. Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. Are you, you, read four. you read four, correct? I read three. Oh, okay. Well, mine is written a little different. I'm coming from the New King James Version or whatever it is. And I don't know. It says, and the priest answered David and said, there is no common bread on hand and there is holy bread if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. Then David answered the priest and said to him, truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in a vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there, but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place in the day when it was taken away. Is Vanoa able to read? I don't know if he's able okay. to read. Okay, so um, Shanana, what was the last one you read? Uh, the last one I read was seven. Okay. I mean, I think I stopped at uh, six. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. First Samuel 21, verse one. Now I'm at eight. I'll no, you just said, I'm sorry. I mean, sorry. Um, now, this is NIV version. Now, one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. He was Doeg the Edomite, Saul's chief shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of of Elah is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. 
If you want it, take it. There is no sword here, but that one. David said, there is none like it, give it to me. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Ashish, king of Gath. But the servants of Ashish said to him, isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one that they sing about in their dances? Saul is, has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Genesis 12. Man, I still, <laughs> Gary. <laughs> 12. Now David looked, took these words to heart and was very much afraid of a, 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 a kiss, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior be, before them, pretend, pretended madness in their hand, hmm. scratch on the doors of the gate and let his uh, slobber fall down on his beard. <laughs> then Akish said to his servant, look, you see the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madness, madmen, that ye have brought this fellow to play? Uh, play the madman in my presence. Shall this fellow, fellow come into my house? <laughs> Mr. Vinoy, can you finish us out? I think he's driving. What number you stopped at 12? That was the end of the chapter. Yeah, that was it. We, oh, we you did good. Okay. Off. Um, but we read them all, bro. Okay. But thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We're gonna be calling on you in a minute, though. So don't get don't get too comfortable. So the I'm title the, my middle name. <laughs> the title of the lesson, you guys. Check this out. God gave this to me, and I was like, what? He said, stop operating in fear. Stop operating in fear. Stop operating in fear. So the first thing I want to ask somebody to do for me is to give me the definition of fear. And then we're going to go through these verses. Stop operating in fear. Uh, <clears throat> I, I got it. Okay. I don't want these like it. You said you said fear, right? Yes, fear. That is. Uh, and a pleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. There, that's the that's the noun. The verb is be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. Definition of fear. God said, stop operating in fear. So we see in the very first verse of 1 Samuel 21, we see that the priest is afraid. Come on now. The preacher's afraid. The preacher is scared. The first thing he says is, he was afraid. He started trembling in some scriptures. So that should tell you something about operating in fear. Now, keep in mind, David was a fierce man. And for David to come upon the priest, he probably was wondering, what is going on? Why are you by yourself? Does this mean you come to do something to me? Or there's a good reason why he could have some fear. So let me talk just a little about in the first verse before we get totally into fear. The uh, city of Nob was a priestly city. It was a city that was built for the priest. And so that is another thing that kind of makes you like what the priest was operating in fear. Amalek was operating in fear and he noted 
that David was alone, which tells me that a lot of times David operated, he had an entourage. He, he walked around many times with many people uh, around him. And we know that when he left uh, the kingdom uh, running from Saul, that there was people that just knew him and just cling to him. So we know that David was a person that was likable, a person that had a few friends, but operating in fear can hinder many things in our life. We also see in verse two, fear can cause you to lie. David lied. Uh-oh, did I say that? David lied. He told him that the king sent me on a secret business, some, some, some secret stuff. And we know the king ain't sent him nowhere. He running from the king. So a lot of times when someone tells you, okay, this is secret, then you don't ask a lot of questions, right? You, you be like, okay, I'm gonna keep that to myself. I'm not gonna tell anybody about that because it's a what? It's a secret. And so we know that there's part, that's part of the reason why David said what he said because he didn't want uh, to be asked any additional questions. And so the next thing we see so let's talk just a little bit about the three, three types of fear. There are three types of fear that we're going to talk about today. So the fear, wait, let me, let me back up. Three things that can trigger fear is what we're going to talk about first. So there's one thing that triggers fear. It's uncertainty. When you don't know what's getting ready to happen, you don't know if you're in danger or if you're not in danger, that can trigger fear. So we see that Amalek distributed that. He was he uh, was afraid because he didn't know what was happening. Why are you here by yourself? I know you're a great man of valor. We already know the story about how many people you've killed and murdered, <coughs> starting with Goliath. Oh my goodness, let me slow down just a little bit. So um, he, was, he was afraid. The second trigger of fear is actually, guess what? Too much knowledge. Well, you know a little bit too much, like you know that a rattlesnake is poisonous that, and you see one or you hear a rattle, that's gonna cause you to fear, right? Another thing, the third trigger of fear is guess what? Not enough knowledge. When you're not sure of, is this going to hurt me? Like when we see garden snakes sometimes, we don't know. Is that the snake, real regular snake? I don't know why I'm talking about snakes. But anyway, too, too little knowledge, too much knowledge, and uncertainty can cause fear. So let's go back to the scriptures, and then we're going to talk about that. There are three themes that's in this, this scriptures that I see. The first thing is that you got to prepare for anything to, to, to prepare for anything and also to stop walking in fear, you have to allow God to guide you. Second th secondly, you have to be prepared both naturally and physically. See, a lot of times we always walk about thinking it's all natural, but guess what? If I was not able to carry the word of God. In other words, if I wasn't physically able to carry the word of God, that's a natural thing. That means I need to get some stamina because the word of God is powerful and the word of God needs my full attention. My mind needs to be right when it comes to delivering the word of God. Also, I have to be spiritually prepared and ready so that I can uh, say the things that come to, that God gives me throughout the message. So even though I do a study, there are many times that what God shows me or shares with me, I haven't even written down because he's given it to me instantly and on the fly. And the third thing is don't allow fear to make you act mad or crazy. And we see that in the last part of what uh, David began to act. So I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask you to tell me what you think the statistic is about people in their lifetime in the U.S. that have experienced 
fear at least one time in their life. I'm asking for a percentage, percentage of people that have experienced fear in their lifetime or have stated they have. 100%. Okay, 100%. Anybody else? 80. 80%. Now we are talking about people that's taking a poll and asked to tell the truth. Let's throw that out there. Anybody else want to guess? What percentage of people have experienced fear at least once in their life? You can't look it up. Okay, anybody else want to guess? I totally agree with Vanessa and Benoit. It's 80 to 100%. Almost everybody has had some type of experience, but guess what? That's not what the statistics say. Like I said, it's 15 to 20% of people in America that said they have experience, that said they have experienced fear. But we know that number is greater than that. So, <clears throat> so let's talk about the scriptures and then I want to make a statement and then I want you guys to tell me what you think. So we see that David had lied. One thing that David was trying to do because of his fear is he was trying to gather some supplies. He was gathering the bread so that he could eat and feed the people that had came with him. Bread is also a spiritual symbol of a gift from God. It also is the vehicle, uh, you a vehicle that is used to also provide spiritual health. Bread. Think about the bread of life, the things that we use bread for. Um, and so bread has both a natural connotation of bringing life as well as a spiritual connotation. In verse four, he said that there's no common bread. And so what did he mean by that? There's no common bread. The bread was sanctified and, and, and uh, consecrated for the priests. But during this time frame, they always have hot bread that was presented before God. And so they actually did have what you consider to be, it was really was consecrated bread, but it was actually common bread, which was being replaced, but the hot bread was replacing that. So they did actually have the provisions that uh, David needed. And so we have to keep in mind that the one thing that makes the bread, that made the bread consecrated is because it was in the presence of God. So that kind of reminds us as well of, our position can help us and aid us in being consecrated or being vessels of honor or being able to be used by God by where we're stated, where we're sitting or what position we're in. And I don't mean position as far as title, but I mean position as far as being close to God and allowing God to use you as a vessel. And to do that- See, can I ask you a question? Excuse me. Um, you remember when you said 15 to 20% is what mm -hmm. they say is considered fear? Okay, well, what if that is true? Because remember, the devil don't come after people that he already owns. It's only 15 to 20% of us that really love God. A lot of people don't like the truth, so it might be true. It could oh, be. Go ahead. It, it very well could be. It could be true. Um a lot of times statistics is, is a poll of a small segment of people anyway, and then they increase that or utilize that small segment to determine what the population says. So it could be, it very well could be. So I want to ask, make a statement. I want you to tell me what you think about it. So tell me your thoughts. Okay, this is a pretty long statement, so. People who operate out of fear often feel that they have limited value to offer either to their work, their relationships, the people around them. And as a result of this, they become territorial and those aspects of their lives living in fear that someone will be able, will come and take uh, what they own. Okay. 
do you guys, what do you guys think about that statement? Would you say that people that live in fear actually operate like this? Or tell me your thoughts. I can speak for me. Since I've been here, I had to get territory like a pit bull. Because if not, I've learned that the closer I got to God, the more demonic spirits could see this light that shined that I don't see. And they was coming, they were just coming after me. So living in fear caused me to have to do certain protocols because I know God is with me, but he also give me common sense to not let anyone take over while I'm paying the cost to be the boss. So <clears throat> to be honest with you, fear is second nature. I remember my brother, uh, Andro Kelly, he had bust out and said, we don't post to live in fear. Well, if you've never been in fear and you always had somebody to be there for you or you was there for yourself, then you wouldn't understand when you were a single female and you like, well, I ain't never had to play this position. I got 28 sisters and brothers. They normally be the one to be the bully. It's not me. I don't think I should have to play bully because I think I'm cute. I don't have to. I can just sit back and not say nothing and everything supposed to just work my way. It didn't happen no more when I started praising God every day. The devil started sending all he started sending all kind of stuff, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I got afraid. But I thank God for my brother and you that reminded me that we don't supposed to live that way. But Amen. Amen. Anybody else want to comment? Let's see. I struggled with um, something that you said. Um, I agree with just about everything. Say that part about the territorial, territorial situation. You on mute, sis. Okay, I'm gonna repeat it one more time. That way, everybody. So it says, people who operate out of fear often feel that they have limited value to offer either their to their work, to their friend relationships, to those around them. And as a result, they become territorial about those aspects of their lives, living in fear that someone could take that away from them. And that means take aspects of their life away from them or I know you're not saying take the fear away from them because they want to hold on to that, obviously. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, that's that's been one of the topics I've talked about a lot is that um, uh, my that I fear a lot of things. And I have to recite that one scripture. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Um, I can't remember where that is. It in Timothy? No, I can't remember where the scripture is. But um, so yes, I agree with uh, just about everything that was was said um, as well. And operating out of fear—that that was something um, that's become a running theme here lately. Even um, with some things that I've been having to deal with the last—I uh, think it was probably the last month or so—I I don't want to be operating in fear. Um, and God has just kind of reminded me of that. I got to trust him through everything. So that's my comment about it. Brother Vinoy or Caleb? Let the youngster go if we want to go first. He on mute. Caleb is. Okay. You want me to repeat it again? Is that what you said? <laughs> Somebody ain't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna repeat it one more time for Caleb. I know Brother Vinoy got it. People who operate out of fear often feel that they have limited value to offer either to their work, their relationships and to those around them. As a result, they become territorial about those aspects of their lives, living in fear that someone could come and take away, take it away from them. So 
you uh you asking me if I had that experience before? Uh, you can go with that, but that's not what I asked. I was asking, what did you think about the comment? But go ahead and answer that question. That's a good one. Go ahead and tell me. Oh, uh, uh, no, 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 uh, the comment. Oh, uh, like people should get territorial about that stuff. Okay, Brother Vinoy, help us out. Okay. Uh, talking about fear, fear, that's quite a few things I like to say about it, but I'll stick to the, I'll stay on task. Um, the, uh, to put it, to put it you, simply. Brother Vinoy, you, you don't have to. You, you talk about what God gave you. Right, you don't have to right. stay on task. Come on with it. Right, right. Oh, I may, I may bring it up a little later, <laughs> but uh, uh, to put it simply, it's saying that do the folks or people uh, what they believe to be their inadequacies, being inadequate, uh, leads to fear uh, and causes people to hold on or, like you say, be territorial about certain things. We see that all the time. Uh, I mean, we see that in, uh, and not to talk about, you know, any race, but you see that in the uh, the white males of this day and age, where they believe that people are coming to take the take the resources, so they buy up all these weapons and things of that nature, and it's a serious, it, it is something real to them. That's the thing about fear, you know, uh, people fear clowns. It's real to them, and they will hurt you trying to get away from a clown, and it's real to them. But the thing about fear is, since I'm going to go ahead and delve into that part, the thing about fear is, is that the enemy, the enemy uses it to get you to move. Our politicians, our government, they do the same thing. They use fear to get you to move in certain areas to do certain things, to vote a certain way, and uh, which leads us to, like Vanessa said, he, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. And uh, to answer, not to answer, but I would ask Shanana this, you know, how many people do you know or uh, in this group right here? Who can say that they've never been in fear? We could take a poll right here. You know what I mean? And, you know, I... I, I consider myself to be not the baddest, but you know, I, I, I I'm not I'm not a uh, I'm not one that's full of fear. But that that is one thing that we have to that we know and understand. Just like uh, adrenaline is called when you get the adrenaline, it's called a fight fight flight reaction. That's what it's called. You know, your fear causes you, which is a natural reaction, but you got to be controlled. But uh, absolutely right. I, I think that uh, you are spot on when you say that it causes people to become territorial. I mean, we do it all the time, you know, men and women. Just in relationships, we do it. You know what I mean? Uh, we do it in our neighborhoods, you know. Uh, that's probably exactly what has stemmed a lot of, uh, of gang violence that's going on in Chicago. You know, it's about fear. It's about being territorial. I don't want you in my area. If you're still you still talking, you went on mute. I really loved it. Yeah, you did go on mute, but you also came in on something. Oh, yeah, you so, still on? So bro. the last thing we heard was actually uh, oh. you you were talking about the gang violence. Yeah, and living in fear. So start from there. Still, still can't hear you, bro. I forgot. Gangs were created to protect themselves in their neighborhood. That's what that's what it was initially for, because the people were coming inside their neighborhoods and they were doing things to people in their neighborhood. So. It's, it's fear that causes a lot of the interactions or it began, that's what began the violence in a lot of these places. 
Now it's carried on to another thing, but that's what that's where it began. Fear. I don't want you in my neighborhood because I don't feel safe with you around here. You know, we have to protect ourselves so we come together in numbers so we can feel safe and not be in fear. That's all I want to say. That's about it. I'm glad that's you brought this up, bro. If you don't mind, sis, I'd like to say something. Um, when I moved here, the first thing the young man came and knocked on my door from the Browns over here was this was their territory. And I told him, what? You know, I'm so used to, okay, I move in. I don't pay my $1,000, me and housing or whatever. This is my territory. What are you talking about? So I didn't understand. But come to find out, you are correct, bro. You got people that really definitely thought that they was fit to put fear in my heart and make me move. And it kind of hurt my feelings the last time we came together, now that I think about it. And my sister-in-law, Denise, after teaching me, her and my brother, not to have a spirit of fear, when I said, well, I'm not going to move, God told me not to. And she said, well, everybody raise your hand that feel like moving when you need to move. And myself, shut out. And, and it's like she put me on the spot. And I didn't understand what she was coming from because they just taught me over a year's period of me sticking with this class whenever she's available. You know, uh uh, we don't move in fear. So I've been here six years. And when I told the young man, stab my yard, I'm not going to tell you again. Now, you done borrowed my $10 in six years. You ain't paid it back. Your brother done you my water for two years. And your dad, you're already disrespectful. So the next thing I'm going to do, I done put trespassing. I don't know what else to do, but just, just start taking taking over myself. Because see, the Holy Spirit, he already got my angels out here. So therefore, you can't come to the front. You can't come to the back. A thousand can come to my left side and 10,000 may fall in my right side, but neither one going to come near me. And I told him, don't you never knock on my door again with that attitude because I'm a single woman and y'all not going to sit here and bully me. And also, I'm glad you brought that up about a game because these masons are terrible down here because I won't allow them to run through me like a prostitute or every night a different man and nobody give me nothing. Therefore, they feel like I'm supposed to be convenient for them because I'm across the street from their station. I just figured this out, doing a history and sitting around here, putting two and two together and the Holy Spirit come to me through all my dreams. Is this right here is all nothing but a mess. I didn't understand, but even the churches are a court. They mad at me because I won't come back to the church and get them a hundred dollars a week. Why would I do that when God, he gave me this money. He told me to do whatever I felt like I wanted to do. I had given away enough. Did you know if you over give away your money, your, that person that you giving your money to or that church they stole from you and they don't even know it. I had put myself in such a bind, y'all, for giving, giving, giving that I didn't have nothing. So God said, come here, dummy. I'm going to show you one more time. <laughs> These people are not for you. Prime example. Two weeks ago, refrigerator went out. $200 worth of grocery went out the door with it. Ain't nobody, now church. Now everybody know I need this help, including Tri-County that ain't answered my letter yet about these lights. But anyway, back to this refrigerator. You won't believe ain't nobody offered me a dime, not even a sack, not even a bottle of water. But one thing about God, I not one day was I hungry. Went straight back to the store and stocked it right back up. The new refrigerator, bigger and better. But I just wanted to say that, bro, I'm glad you brought that up because I could get that off my heart. But anyway, amen. 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 We cannot operate in fear. We can. Because fear does several things to us spiritually. I'm going to start with the natural first. The first thing fear does is it paralyzes you causes you not to move, causes you not to be able to even think straight sometimes. And so that is what the enemy is after. The enemy is after us not being able to move according to God's will and purpose for our lives. That's what he wants. He wants you to wonder and wonder if things are not going to be right. Or, or, or he even wants you to wonder, okay, what they doing with the money? It don't matter. I'll tell you why. Because whatever God said, when God tell you to move, the problem is a lot of times we be doing stuff and God ain't said nothing. But when God tell you to move, don't worry about it because God is the one that's blessing you. And God is the one that's going to keep you. And so we cannot operate in fear. We cannot operate in fear because fear paralyzes our faith. 
it paralyzes. Faith and fear do not operate in the same way. They don't operate in the same place. Think about the people that we have that have gone before us, the people that have, have done the things that a lot of times, yes, they did things, they operated in fear, but they operated together and they steadily were moving forward. But fear will paralyze you. It will stop you from doing God's will if you worry about it. You got to give it to God. I wanted to bring out a couple of more points before we go to that. The showbread is actually, uh, was it was for God. It was food for God. And the first thing I thought about was the word of God. So David, in an essence, was asking for the word of God, for guidance, for direction in the midst of his turmoil, in the midst of his situation, in the midst of his fear. The first thing I was going to title this message was, Run into madness. <laughs> but God said, no. I want the people to know to stop operating in fear. Operate in faith. God has not but given us the spirit of fear, but of sound mind. Come on, Vanessa, with the scripture. I'm on mute. <laughs> <clears throat> God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now Nobody wants to, be, Nobody wants to be a, a madman like, <laughs> like David with saliva running down his beard. That's so disgusting. I still it feel is disgusting. That. We don't know his situation. I mean, he was operating in fear. He was afraid because they were like, hey, he done killed us. See, see, here, here's, here's my thought. I'm just putting on my spiritual Holy Ghost mind. David, when they said, isn't this David who they said killed 10,000 and Saul killed his thousand? I'm running it back in my mind. Well, what was David? Well, David, I believe, and this is just me putting my Holy Ghost mind together. David was thinking, well, if he can do that and I kill him, then I take his fame. I take his place. You mean Saul? No, this was the king of um, King of Gath. David. The king of Gath said that about David. He was repeating what the people had said. But what I'm saying is, he made David afraid. Of course, because David was thinking, I and this is me in my Holy Ghost mind thinking, well, if he did that, and if I kill him, then I get his fame. Does that make sense? Right. Right. If I can knock people off of their box, then I'm the, if I can take your, uh, what is it? If I can take your belt, I'm the man, I'm the woman. And so I, this is me in my mind thinking that David was thinking, wow, I, the only way I'm gonna survive this thing is if I act like I'm mad, if I act crazy. Because he was crazy by then. You kill so many people, you kind of crazy. I mean, think about it. <laughs> the man could have been a complete lunatic where he thought he was gonna kill everybody. We don't know. <laughs> you don't David, think so? <laughs> David was very wise and cunning. Oh, very wise and cunning. And this is the reason why he did what he did. Because he knew that if they thought he was crazy, they weren't gonna attack him. And that was his fear. Oh. That was his well, he was smart. And, and, <laughs> That's what and I so, did over and ran them all off. <laughs> they start going around telling everybody she crazy, but leave alone, man. You see, she over there getting blessed. Y'all might want to go over there and see what kind of girl she talking to. Then they start going around telling everybody I'm doing voodoo. So which one is it? Voodoo or God? So then they come ask me, what God you serve? Can you pray with me? I said, oh, no, y'all get back over there. I'm going to let God, you know, right now y'all getting whooped. So if you come over here, you're going to mess with my blessings. And that's why I messed up with Aunt Lisa, running down there to help her when she didn't mean herself no good. And then the whole time, now, I done gave her my blessings by giving her a hug. That's another thing I thought you was going to bring up. Can't touch everybody, but we're going to talk about that probably another time. But anyway, amen, go ahead. Uh, Brother Vanoa brought up a good point, and I'm going to let him tell it uh, in reference to the king of God. You're on mute, bro. Yeah, the king of Gath was also 
the king of the territory where Goliath was from. Goliath was from Dad. So, in essence, David was trying to live in the territory of what he was considered to be an enemy. So, you know, uh, it's like your enemy comes seeking, he's seeking, after he's killed all your friends and things of that nature or your servants, now he's seeking refuge in your territory running from his king as well. Does that make sense? That's powerful. And yes, yes, I, I, I have forgot about that. And thank you for bringing that out because isn't it interesting? I love the way you put that, but isn't it interesting how God will send us, how the enemy will send us. It's not God sending us because he running, but he's been anointed king. I ain't going to talk about that part. We're going to leave that alone. He's been anointed king. So now he's first of all running from his destiny. He's out of position. And now he done ran to the people that he had, had destroyed, utterly destroyed. They got, they, after he killed the lad, they all ran off. And so God is just reminding us that he will take you back around if you don't if you don't stop operating in fear, you'll end up back working your way back around to the things that God has already told you to do. And so this is extremely important that we don't operate in fear. Right. And just like Vinoy said, he went back to his enemies to seek refuge. Think about that for just a moment. Back to his enemies to seek Refuge? These people you destroyed. People that, I mean, you... Come on. Well, just think about it in this this way. They do coming to me, asking me to pray for them. I can't. I can't even deal with y'all. In fact, God told me no returns from my past. So that includes y'all, because I've been praying for my enemies. So I'm not sure about that situation, but I can just use it in my spiritual tense now. I've been in war over here, man, and I didn't even cause it. So now everybody see I wasn't the problem. One time in my life, I'm not the problem. 13 years I've been going to college. I done changed my whole life around. This girl is over here. My, they done sit here and watch me tremendously. They even come in on my Facebook. I see you up there praying now. How you know? <laughs> Evidently they know about this class. So my whole point is, like you told me, that I can give anybody this Zoom number. Nobody wants to join in. See, this is what the problem is. Nobody want to do the work, but everybody want to spend my money. They want to tell me how to do this, how to do that. Well, why you ain't doing it? Why it ain't working for you? Oh, it don't work unless you there. Well, I'm taking my blessings away. I done came and touched you. God done blessed you. Four, five people with me. Now I'm going to go back to where I stay. And since then, I get a phone call every morning. What you doing? Nothing. In here praying. I told you to pray. But anyway. The Bible, the one good thing about the scripture is the scripture don't lie. The Bible said that if you bless your enemies, you heap up coals of fire upon their head. But guess what? If you try to chastise your enemies, you take their place. It says it like this in the scripture. If you dig a hole for me, you might as well dig too, because you're going to fall in it as well. It is important. It, 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 it's important for us to pray. It's important for us to stand for God in all aspects of our life. Now, I'm not telling you to go do whatever you want. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is be led by God in whatever you do. And when you're led by him, the rest of it don't even matter. Stop operating in fear we can't move in fear i just explained how it paralyzes us both physically and spiritually it's important that we operate in faith in the faith of god so i'm going to open it up again for comments anybody have any additional comments i didn't even get to the seven things to get away to stop operating in fear 
but I kind of feel like this is the way God is taking this thing. So I'm just going to let it go. But um, any other additional comments about stop operating in fear? Well, no, I see your thing, guys. I've missed. But anyway, sis, I, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity of this little class here and all you guys. <clears throat> In the process, I'm learning a lot, not only from Vinoy and you and Andro and all y'all when y'all hunger, but I'm taking it into my lifestyle. And what I'm learning, it's okay to sit by yourself because even when you're alone, you're really not lonely. I get lonely when I'm in a room full of people and I'm different. I finally realized I'm different. I don't fit in, even with my family sometimes. I'm just different. I think different. We all are different. But the point of it is, is that I'm the sweetest, purest soul it is. I mean, that's what I love about God. He don't care nothing about the outside of you. He look at the heart. And that's what a lot of people, they get it misconstrued. Because they still thinking about the Shanana from 15 years ago. You don't know me if you're not in my life right now, this second. Go ahead, Vinoy. Oh, no, I had it all off. I mean, raise my uh, earpiece up. It goes on mute by itself. <laughs> but since you've called them, uh, I'll say this, that uh, when when you operate in faith, because just like Denise said, faith and fear do not, cannot operate cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Uh, when you when you are operating in faith, God will. We're not going to say yeah, it can't. We always somebody can. God will even make your mistakes prosper. He will make your enemies be at peace with you. These are things that he will do. But, you know, you got to operate in faith. Even though David made the mistake of being fearful and trying to save his own life, he decided to pose as a madman, thinking it would save his life. But the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He was already called. He was already called to be the king of Israel. You know? So he was, he didn't know it, but he was already spared. You see? So, yeah, the gifts and calling of God without repentance, and you are absolutely 100% right again when you say that fear and faith do not operate the same, in the same, they can't operate, occupy the same space. It's like smoke and oxygen. They they can't operate in the same space. One's going to, one's going to win out, one or the other. Amen. Amen. Any additional comments? I'm going to have Brother Benoit to pray us out. Um, so is there any additional comments? Stop operating out of fear and operate in faith. David is the pit to the palace, right? Is that him? That's Joseph. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know it was one of them that keep bringing up on TikTok, my bad. But anyway, he still was a king. He was. He came from the sheepfold to the palace. Oh, like yeah. Tell it. <laughs> Ooh, one of them, okay. But no, that was wonderful how you explained it, and I really appreciate y'all. Now we waiting on you to pray aside, sir, and you on mute. <laughs> Vanessa, the Montgomery's, y'all had anything before Vanoy prayers out? Okay, okay, Brother Vinoy, it's on you. Uh, Dearly Father, we uh, thank you for the message that was delivered tonight, Heavenly Father, a great reminder of uh, where we should be operating as Christians, Heavenly Father. Help us remain focused upon these things and, and allow these things to operate in our lives, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the same, you know, privilege, Heavenly Father, to be able to be your servants, to be your children, the sons and daughters. We ask for the Father that you continue to guide us by and through your Holy Spirit, and that we proclaim in the name of Jesus that we will be bold. You know, give us a spirit of boldness, Heavenly Father, that we may be able to walk and not be uh, swayed by the things we see, swayed by the things that we hear, Heavenly Father. And as we have said before, we know that, Heavenly Father, that you will make our mistakes to prosper. You cause us to be the head, not the tail, and all these things that are incorporated in your blessings, Heavenly Father. We just thank you. We put faith in these things. We ask you to continue to guide us in all things. As once, once again, 
In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 And I think Caleb got something for you. Oh. Caleb, you got a question for everybody? He was breaking up, but are you determined to grow? Amen. Yes. May God keep you and is my prayer. Uh, may God, uh, God is awesome. Like I said, he is just amazing how he just throw all these lessons together and, and encourages us and keeps us on track. Love you guys. Y'all have a blessed week this week. You too. Thank you.